Good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, I'm saying hello. Welcome to another week of TV channeling. What's going <laughs> on, Kevin? <laughs> hey, Tachi. Yes, it is episode 19. We are we are really up there. We're almost, I can't wait till episode 20. But before we can get to episode 20, we've got to do episode 19 and talk about everything that's happening in entertainment news. Tachi, what is going on this week? So let's talk a little bit about Wonder Woman. Let's actually, no, before I do that, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin expressed to me some angst that he still has about the Kathy Griffin situation. (laughs) So I cannot move on and he will not let me rest until we talk about this. So why don't we, why don't we talk about that a little bit first? Oh my God, Tachi. I thought that was off the record. I am very upset that I'm going to have to speak about this publicly, but if you insist, you're twisting my arm. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it involves a couple of things. The first thing is that incredibly ill-advised, uh, press conference that she held last week. I think whoever was the person uh, on her team that said, you know what, I think you should pose for uh, with a spray-painted, blood-red uh, mannequin head uh, fashion to look like Trump for a picture, that'll help your career. And when and, and if it does go right, what you should do is have a press conference where you make it all about you and you act like you're the victim and you cry like a little girl doing everything you possibly can to set women's rights back (laughs) i here's the thing with that i can't stand when you do something and maybe she didn't feel it was wrong which is why there's this response which is why she feels like it's she's a victim but Obviously, the whole world, I shouldn't say the whole world, but there are many people that felt it was inappropriate. So maybe you should have just addressed that. Now, if you stand behind the sentiment behind it, what can I say? Nothing. But own up to whatever it is. Don't cop out and cry. And I'm not saying that crying is not a real emotion. Don't write me and say that because I will promptly write you back. So don't don't write me with any nonsense about that. It is a real emotion. But at the same time, I don't like how it's used as a cop out to make you the victim. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I don't think there are any victims in this case. Well, uh, so I move on. Go ahead. Well, especially due to the fact that she was the one that set this whole thing in motion. And who doesn't know how Voldemort's supporters are? So the uh, the fact that she's getting death threats and all that, what you do is you quietly hire security and do not give them any credence where you're going to talk about them publicly. I'm not saying she should be, you know, skipping around in the middle of the night, you know, counting $100 bills. Um, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying she should be careful. She should be vigilant. She should have security around her. But but by basically giving it more power and fodder and crying, always going to encourage people like that to think they can get a rise out of people. And those are the kind of people that are are doing death threats to like Taylor Swift when they don't like her new single. So do don't don't feed that beast. Um, and I think that was a huge mistake. And to make yourself seem like the victim just feeds into you know the Fox News kind of way they like to portray celebrities I think it was a huge mistake and I think maybe this is the nature of this comes from just people wanting to get paid and what I mean by that is if you hire an attorney or if you hire a a crisis manager if I was a crisis manager my advice is you know what Get, uh, you need to basically just uh, b- buy some popcorn, get in your house, get under some kind of blanket or throw, and turn on TCM and just watch movies and lay low and the stuff will blow over. It is 2017. The world is blowing up constantly. People will forget about you if you will just shut the F up. Thank you. You don't always have to talk. And that's the problem because of all of this social media now and these digital platforms, everybody has been given a microphone, the proverbial microphone. And therefore, everybody thinks that they have something to say and further that everybody wants to hear what they have to say. Sometimes just shut up. Sometimes just say nothing. You don't always have to be heard. Sometimes the strongest message is when you don't say a damn thing. I'd rather than you making these artistic statements actually do something that 
that is going to be effective in whatever your beliefs are. Not these uh, arbitrary statements of art. Although I love art and I'm an artist. And it can be useful. In your case, it wasn't. I, I don't I don't have I don't have sympathy for her I don't have I have less sympathy for him well I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the idea that everybody doesn't want to listen to everything I have to say that's pretty <laughs> jar- that's a pretty <laughs> jarring concept Tachi <laughs> well current company uh, not included everybody <laughs> wants to hear what Kevin has to say obviously I know I do I know I do. So well, in any case, so I think it's about money. That's what I'm trying to say. The idea yeah. that the crisis manager and her attorney, if if her attorney, who's Gloria Allred's daughter, who I can never remember her name. All I can remember about her is that she's Gloria Allred's daughter. Would right. just say, you know what, lay low. But you know what, you don't get a check for telling someone to lay low. It's like let's have a stupid press conference and where you come off really, really badly and make the situation worse than it was when it started. Don't do no damn press conference. How about that? <laughs> Just don't do not do a press conference. I don't think it's necessary. Issue a statement and leave it at that. Because sometimes when you get up in front of people, it makes it worse. And whoever advised you to do that and play the victim, guess what? You're not a victim because you're a celebrity. You No, I, we're not buying it. And guess what? There are other problems in the world besides this, which is why I'm so annoyed that the people who are letting this consume them are so stupid and yes i said it you're stupid (laughs) that you're so stupid that you're falling for the distraction it's clearly a distraction and i really need for you to go take some critical thinking classes if you don't think it's a distraction i'm done all right okay now (laughs) one thing i think we should we should naturally move into discussing i feel because i feel like there is a a connection maybe you won't see a connection and we can discuss why it it is or isn't connected is the whole bill maher controversy so do you want to go ahead and start talking about that okay (laughs) let's talk about it let's talk about it um do you want to hear my feeling? First of all, I, I don't know who doesn't know this by now, but on Real Time with Bill Maher, there was, do you, do you have the exact quote? He used the N-word, but do you have the exact quote? I don't oh, he have... said something to the fa- effect of he's a house N-word. Yes, because uh, the senator who he was speaking with said something about inviting him to come uh, to his state and work in the fields. And then he said, oh, I don't work in the fields. I'm in house N-word. See, again, another case when simply because you have a mic, you don't always have to talk. You could have just said something. You uh, you don't always have to talk. That's the problem. When you are so quick to say things, did that really go well in your head? And that's the problem. If you would have just taken two seconds and maybe just given him a look, that would have worked. And then you would have been like, ooh, glad I didn't say that. Come on, Bill Maher. Let's use a little bit of common sense, as my mother likes to say. Well, the funny thing is he could have actually got the same point across and said, I'm a house white boy. And we would have all known what that meant. He could have done it. He could have gotten the same point across. But what one of the things that bugs me the most about this and his apology, um, which I was going to say, it's not fair to doubt someone's sincerity when they deliver an apology. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and here's why. Um, he, um, do you have the apology handy? I don't have his apology handy, but I did read it. All right. Okay. So he, he apologized and, you know, that, that he's sorry for his choice of words. And I felt like one of the things that really bothered me about it was the fact that he, uh, added, I feel like in a really incredibly stupid caveat about the fact that it was, uh, the banter of a live show. It's like, well, that's what the show is. It's a live conversation. And so the fact that you said it in just a live moment doesn't make it any, I don't know what the point of mentioning that, uh, other than to make it seem like, oh, well, if it was, I guess if this was recorded, we would have edited out, edited out my use of the N word. So it was live. So that's why you heard me say it. But the reason why I doubt his apology is this. When you're in mixed company, like if you're around children or, or like, um, you know, elderly people, you know, or people much older than you, and you curse, 
at least I'll speak for myself, if I accidentally uh, curse, I will immediately catch myself and apologize when people are in media and they're on some show that's not like on HBO and they curse uh, accidentally like on, you know, some regular uh, network talk show. They will apologize. They will catch themselves. Oh, I'm sorry. And that's what I think a polite person does. He said the N-word, and he was very pleased with himself. He was smiling. He did not apologize after saying it. He didn't even apologize at the end of the show. You know, I want to apologize. So he didn't have a problem with what he said. He was quite pleased with what he said. The only problem came when his uh, the corporation, his boss, HBO, said, you need to apologize or there will be trouble. There will be problems. And exactly. so then he released a, 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 you know, an incredibly short, like, two or three sentence uh, statement about it and um another thing that really bothered me is to me if i had done something like this the next show would have changed completely the whole show would have been i would have brought in a panel of experts and we would have discussed the history of the n-word what it meant and and the and the and the debate about basically no longer using it versus using it and have a full discussion about the whole thing as well well as a formal apology maybe he will apologize but he did not change his guest lineup except for one guest people were like uh everybody that was scheduled before is scheduled for well that one guest canceled out that well, was, was um, say, yeah, Al senator al, al, franken, al franken right cancel out so that's the only reason there's a change to the lineup my point is he should have changed the lineup on his own to have a panel to actually discuss this issue and have the whole hour be about this issue and you know give it the gravity and weight that it deserves and that sounds very nice on paper the reality is when you are bill maher or you know, any other host or celebrity that represents, quote unquote, the face of power in a sense, because he does, you, there is far less that you have to do to recoup any, what am I trying to say? There's less you have to do than if you were uh, melanated, let's say. And or not, or, like you or, said, or, if it was or, you. Or overread. And that's why I said I want this one. and overread. That's yeah. what I was going to say. This is connected to the Kathy Griffin thing. It Kathy is. Griffin, She's very heavily overread. Yeah, she has been tarred and feathered versus Bill Maher. The, the blowback isn't even close so no, that, and you were you were you were right when, when you said he was pleased with himself. I don't know that he was necessarily pleased, but he thought he was okay until I don't know if you've ever seen this meme, but somebody sent it to me, and it's a it's a whole bunch. I don't know if they're members of the NAACP or what, but it looks like a press conference, and they all have really stern faces, and it says the Negro community frowns upon your shenanigans. I cracked up when I saw <laughs> oh <my> it. <laughs> and they're like all in front of a podium, just like not necessarily angry, but not today. So it was hilarious. And that's exactly what that made me think of that. These, these people were in front of a podium. He looked out in the audience and he saw the Negro community frowns upon your shenanigans. That's what that made me think of. And it wasn't until somebody frowned upon the shenanigans because he would have been okay with it. Needless to say, if the black community would have been okay with it, he wouldn't have done anything and nobody would have done anything. But there was outcry, obviously, on social media by... um, you have some uh, people like uh, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, who spoke out about it, who considers him to be a friend, but is, you know, troubled by this. So you have a lot of that going on. Oh, yeah. Even uh, Chance the Rapper. I mean, he Chance was the on the spot. Mm-hmm. He came uh, forward immediately. In fact, I think as the credits were rolling on the show, he was <laughs> tweeting that he wanted him <laughs> <laughs> fired from the show. Well, but let me ask you, do you think firing is the answer in this case? Well, the funny thing is... Um, I initially was thinking I didn't want him fired because I think that the show is a very important show. Um, he, the show, to me, really speaks to the failure of our media, uh, of our journalism uh, in the last election cycle, especially. A lot of things that were said on his show were not said anywhere else and to, right. uh, to that degree. And also, I like the fact that he also holds liberals' feet to the fire and the, and the liberals in power. Oftentimes, he's basically telling them to base in, for, uh, in the nicest possible way to say, grow a pair uh, because they have yeah, been absolutely. so weak. In so many ways. So I don't want to lose that perspective on television. But then it dawned on me, you know what? 
Bill Maher's not the only person that has a mouth. So if he were to be let go, I just wouldn't want my concern would be I don't want the show to end because in the best possible world, in my opinion, what would happen would be he had, we would be shown the door, which he won't be. So I'm, I don't have any kind of uh, illusion or delusion that that could possibly happen. But in the best possible world, he would be shown the door and not just for that. It would, that's another thing. In a vacuum, if this was the only thing that Bill Maher had ever said, Bill Maher has said um, too many homophobic things to count. He has said too many sexist things to count. He has said too many things that I feel like are racially just like over the line in general that were N-word free. So all of those things combined, I would not have had a problem if HBO had let him go and they kept the show going. And my, if you're, if anybody at HBO is listening, because you know they love us, Taji. Oh, um, yeah. That's why I have free I, HBO. If, if he were to be let go, or if there were some other, something goes down uh, on the on the next episode following that one, uh, and he needs to be shown the door, which he, you know, some would say he needs to be shown the door now, but if he were to be let go, dream host of uh, Real Time with uh, with Tina Fey, that would be super cool. But there's someone else that to me is waiting in the wings and is the logical go-to. And I would I would also very much enjoy watching Real Time with Jon Stewart. That That's would be it. perfect. That's it right there. Do you hear that me? That is it right there. Yes, Real because, Time with Jon Stewart. Exactly, because the reason why he left uh, The Daily Show was the fact that it was the grind was too much during a four-day-a-week show. So doing a one-day-a-week show, I think that he could definitely handle that. The man has a wellspring of knowledge uh, that goes deep. Deep. Those waters run deep, and he has a lot to say. So I would love it if he were to do that show. And j- just another note to HBO, you know what? You don't only have to have uh, – uh, you have now two shows. You have John Oliver, and you have uh, Real Time with Bill Maher for now. So if, <laughs> if, if, but if it continues to be Real Time with Bill Maher, who's to say that you can't basically uh, you know, uh, uh, call Jon Stewart back into the game and give him his own show? and uh have crazy you know what three shows uh, that are on every single week because in fact even because one thing that bugs me the most because as a person who actually pays for hbo which is i know a foreign concept to you tachi yes it is Um, thank you for realizing but as a person who pays for hbo bill maher is off Every other other week, because I the, when the, there was some talk about him potentially being suspended, it's like, well, is he's constantly under suspension <laughs> because it's like he'll be on for three weeks in a row, and then he'll be off for a month and a half, and then he'll be back and he'll do two shows, and he's off again. But so, that's uh, the way he's negotiated his contract, and yes. that's something that John Stewart could do as well. It's, well, well, if 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 you basically look at it as a puzzle, this is perfection. To me, real time should never, there should never be a Friday other than, I guess, like Christmas or New Year's week where that show is not on the air. So all the weeks that Bill Maher is off and he's off doing his stand-up act somewhere uh, in Laughlin or someplace, then that would be when Jon Stewart would be. So the show would stay just real time and the name would change with the host. It's real time with Jon Stewart when, it's, when real time with Bill Maher is on hiatus. That's how I do it. In fact, HBL, you know what? Just go ahead and hire me, put me on staff, and make me an executive because I can fix everything up quick. And also, you know what I'd be doing first up is getting Westworld back on the air in 2017. This 2018 and thing that was would the real not agenda. be happening. And that also, real agenda. He doesn't <laughs> give two dams about the real time. He just wants to be at HBO so he can finagle a, a new schedule or whatever for Westworld. He doesn't care about real time. <laughs> oh, and one last side note. And also, the whole seven episode seasons of Game of Thrones, when I'm basically working at HBO, never again. Never again. We will have 10 episode minimum. Minimum. Make well, it happen, people. Don't you worry, Kevin, because you will not be working at HBO. <laughs> don't you don't you worry about a thing in the words of Stevie Wonder because you will not be there. You will not be working. For, so let's let's go on. Let, okay, so we'll update you as we find out more information and as this saga continues, because it is going to continue continue. But as of right now, we don't know. 
what's going to happen in terms of suspension or whether or not he's going he's not going away. He'll I don't even know if he'll be suspended. Oh, I don't oh, I don't think oh nothing's going to happen. He won't be nothing's suspended and he won't be fired. Nothing's going to happen. So, anyway. So, we'll, in this we'll, case, we'll, I don't we'll, care. We'll Let's update you if there's any further developments, which there won't be any. But the but the sexism, <laughs> the idea that Kathy Griffin, the her, the reaction to her versus the reaction to him to me says a lot about a lot of things. Oh, yeah, it's great to have a pair in this society. Anyway, um Wonder Woman charts second best Monday for superhero movie with 11.7 million. Now, you know, the movie has already done over 100 million, well over 100 million, which is the highest grossing for a female director ever. Wait, so are you basically saying that sisters are doing it for themselves? Standing on their own two feet, they're doing it for themselves. <laughs> Aretha Franklin Annie Lennox reference yes yes big time big time yes that was a good reference Kevin see that's why I like you (laughs) that's one of the many reasons one of the reasons except one of the many many reasons (laughs) so they double digit dollar Monday that is a big deal because you know there's kind of that drop off after the weekend initially everybody goes to see the opening weekend so they already are well past 100 million and um, like I said the largest for female director ever um, this is the best Monday after 2015's Jurassic World, which was 25.3 million, and 2009's Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, which was 14.9 million, and then Man of Steel at 12.6 million. Wow! So how so long? Is, Go ahead. Sorry. So is is uh, Man of Steel also the the biggest? Uh, what was the biggest? You said that she was number two as far as in the weekend or something uh, for a superhero movie. What was the number for- one? Uh, oh, oh, for number for for number one, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, not for superhero movie. I don't mean it like that. Okay, I thought you said. Oh, I thought you meant a superhero in particular. No, I'm so. sorry. In, in a movie, movie in general. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that is incredibly impressive. And it's, yeah, no, it's, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it is superhero movie because Man of Steel was 12.6 million, and this was 11.7 million. All right. Wow, that is yeah. that is incredibly impressive uh opening uh salvo for this Wonder Woman franchise. And someone was actually asking me on social media is uh Wonder Woman a part of uh the Justice League movie? I'm like, "Well, she already was a part of the Justice she is uh, League the Justice movie." League but at this point, know. after the success of this, I'd be I'd be shocked if they don't pull her uh get her back, uh, come up, you know, suit up and we're going to shoot some additional <laughs> scenes and have the movie more focused on the wonder woman character because uh the the it's not just the, the fact the movie made buckets of cash it's the fact that it's so incredibly well reviewed i mean um after the whole weekend was said and done on rotten tomatoes it was still uh certified fresh and it had something like uh like 90 percent uh favorable mm-hmm. uh reviews or something like that i mean that's yes. insane for a superhero movie well, here's the thing. I think people are tired of the same old, same old. When was the last time there was a superhero movie that was focused solely on a a female protagonist? There has not been one. There's been, okay, you've had, so for example, Storm and X-Men, etc. But there hasn't been where the plot was solely around yeah, the female you know, protagonist. You know, exactly. When it comes to the X-Men spinoffs, how the fact that they actually did, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of Wolverine slash Logan movies. Yes. And, they, and then they, you even have the Deadpool thing happening. But they never did a Storm movie with Halle Berry that was just about her character. Uh, no. That, that didn't happen. And so this... This is huge. Uh, this is a huge moment. Another thing, um, what did you think of the, some of the controversies around the movie? Because there was controversies about uh, a, uh, a theater chain. Uh, I, th- I think I believe they were based in Texas mm-hmm. that were doing all uh, women only screenings uh, on the uh, for, for the opening weekend, and a lot of people had a really hard time with that and got oh, really upset. Yes, I, and I do have thoughts on that. I would really like to donate all of my Southwest points to these individuals so that they may take flight 405 to hell. <laughs> all of I your points? Wow. All, all of them. I am willing to part with all of them just so you could board that flight. How 
Pri privilege strikes again. Hashtag privilege strikes again. Who cares? It's one night? Even if it's two, even if it's an entire week, when the rest of the time is dedicated to you, all you have to do is look at the movies that open and see the percentage that are male-led, and then you should have no problem. But usually the problem comes that whenever uh, people that are, there's no problem with having a w all woman screening. Who cares? Whenever they're trying, when people are trying to celebrate themselves, underrepresented groups, whether it's women, minorities are trying to celebrate themselves and say, yes, we matter too. Here comes somebody who already has all the power to say, no, you don't matter and you can't have this one day. That's what children do. And I find that move to be childish and a B move. And you know what I mean by B. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, yeah, I do think that this was it, this was like a really stupid controversy. I mean, with all that's going on in the world, the fact that people would even dare to take to Twitter or threaten boycotts of the theaters that were going to actually have women only uh, showings was just ridiculous. Now, another controversy that I wanted to talk about was the fact that some people were complaining about the fact they felt like the movie wasn't patriotic, that Wonder Woman isn't patriotic enough, this version of Wonder Woman, and they have issues with her costume not being red, white, and blue, stars and stripes, uh, you know, uh, American Eagle-like classic Wonder Woman's costume was. Let me say one thing um, about that. this. Wonder Woman's initial costume never made any sense to me in any kind of way. No. Um, as as a as a nerd, um, uh, the Wonder Woman uh, was from uh, from Paradise Island. She had nothing mm -hmm. to do with the United States. So when she basically has on an outfit to go do battle, why it had stars and stripes on it and an American eagle over her rack made absolutely <laughs> no sense whatsoever. And another thing about her original costume that bugged me too is the fact that you know what, Tachi. If you have to battle the forces of evil, what do you want to wear? Go-go boots? And panties, a leotard. No, panties and a bustier. I think that's the what you should go with if you're going to fight crime. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. Well, to me, it looks like a strapless leotard, but it is what it is. <laughs> no. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's not protective. It, I, I see no armor. I, it just, well, in I think we think in terms of... 21st century um, superhero and what they should look like. That's what they had then. I mean, I also laughed at Batman and Robin's costume from the 50s. I thought, what the hell is this? But it was, but I enjoyed it. So what, but what I don't like is when people take it too far to the, oh, well, why isn't it red, white, and blue? Well, to that, I say, I also have points on jet blue that you are <laughs> welcome to use. Welcome to use. <laughs> Oh my god! You're giving me all your points today. All oh. right, um, but uh, but the but her current costume, the way it was designed, I really like it because a uh, the she's she the character is like a warrior princess and correct dressed to do battle she's dressed like a roman soldier or something mm -hmm. so i feel like it totally fits she's showing enough skin there's eye candy going on the woman is beautiful so you get all of that but it makes sense it looks good i feel like i don't know if if, if that's again with everything that's happening in the world right now, if you can focus on the fact that there's not enough star, there aren't stars on uh, Wonder Woman's costume, so it's some speaking to hating America or whatever, it's like, yeah, you need to be looking in the direction of Washington, D.C. if you want to look at people like having issues with America right now. I don't it think it's about... nice to have no problems that that's the only thing you have to complain about. Exactly, wow. yeah. It's not. Wonder Woman's costume is not the issue what's going on in this country right now or how we're seen in the world. I don't think people I don't think people are looking at us as, uh giving us no, a side No eye. Kevin, no uh, Kevin because if she had on a red, white and blue uh unitard, then all the world's problems would be solved. <laughs> all right, so next? let's let's talk well, it's still Wonder Woman. A sequel is coming. Okay, the talks yes. for the sequel have begun. So the actual number of what it grossed this weekend is 103.2 million domestic opening. So that usually means that a sequel is a no-brainer, but they have yet to sign on director Patty Jenkins for the Wonder Woman follow-up yet. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So Gal Gadot has an option in place for Wonder Woman 2 as part of her overall deal to appear in several DC movies. 
Okay. And so Warner Brothers enlisted Patty Jenkins for just one film. And a decision, this decision could end up costing the studio if her reps drive a hard bargain for her to return. So because they didn't have this deal with her ahead of time, now they're going to have to pay if they want her back. And she's, she's made gold for them with this. This is a big deal. So they're probably going to want for her to, to return. Oh my God. You know what? Uh, underneath uh, Lady Justice uh, blindfold, she is winking and smiling um, because that is, that is so, that is such sweet justice for women directors in Hollywood. And I hope that this moves the needle forward or the ball forward uh, with women directors. But the real tell will be um, as what, what uh, with parody with men is this, not just money. When uh, Patty uh, Jenkins or any other female director, they have a huge success, like uh, uh, a, a big success. If once they have a big failure, their career isn't over because there doesn't seem to be parity in that way. M- male directors can have a, a huge success and then a huge flop and they're not expected to go away. They're still trusted to do other films. Yes, um, they give them millions after I'm like, okay, exa- after can't... flop, after flop, after flop, yes. they will give them millions. They'll entrust them with millions. So um, if she does ever have a misstep, which, you know, just the, the law of averages, she eventually will. I hope that it won't affect her career and they will look at the back that you look at the whole body of all of her work but when it seems to come to women um be that be they actresses or directors it's like you fall once and you're pretty much done well that's why we have to be that safety net to catch each other and you can't rely on them to be there for you because yeah the minute you mess up (laughs) bye sister so you need to make sure that you're building your clan and all that's a terrible word building you could come with a better (laughs) yeah no that wasn't a good (laughs) scratch that and uh your family or your society or your community you're building your community of filmmakers and people in the industry and you're creating opportunities for yourself i mean why do you think there are so many actors who take the plunge and want to direct it's not you know it Part of it is it gives them the chance to direct, but for some, this also gives them a chance to be in it. Even though I'm not a big fan of being in something and directing, it's super hard. Not that I've done it with a film, but I've done it with live shows, and it's super hard. So I, you got to build your own. So don't, you know, don't just rely on that. But who am I? Who am I? That's it. A, a Wonder Woman sequel is coming, and we're off of Wonder Woman. And now on to The Hacker. That threat uh, that is threatening ABC. So the same hacker that posted uh, "Orange is the New Black" episodes, uh oh, uh huh, is now threatening ABC. And not only that, this hacker or hacking group is claiming to have episodes of series from ABC, CBS, IFC, Fox, Nat Geo, and a host of others. So the Dark Overlord is his or her name. That's terrible. (laughs) That is so, that is so cliche. Okay. So the dark overlord posted these episodes in April when Netflix refused to pay a ransom, which I would too. I mean, if you, I'm not paying you ransom, you just have to publish them. Um, and this may be something that companies need to think about whenever you are uploading things to a server. I don't care how secure you think it is. If it is on a public internet, or even on an intranet where the wrong person has access to it, it can be hacked. So you've got to be careful and you've got to have your plan B. Apparently they did not. They just said, oh, they're not going to post it. And they did. So hackers unrelated this month also claim to have stolen a copy of um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell Tell No Tales. Remember that. And they threatened to release bits of it online in increments. Um, for and they were asking for an enormous amount of bitcoin see here we go i just it's not funny but i want to laugh because your name is dark overlord and you're asking i need one million bills in bitcoin (laughs) (laughs) this is just comical it really i mean it's not funny to the production companies but it's funny to me so they don't know um that to their knowledge they have not been hacked yet but this is something that's another threat hackers did they wait did they mention in particular the name of the show uh i don't think you if you did mention it i didn't hear it um what did you say specifically did they say the show specifically that the hacker is threatening to release 
No, they did not specifically tell what show it was. All right, because I was thinking like, okay, I I, I hope the, the show that he's threatening to release is uh, uh, CBS All uh, CBS All Access's um, uh, Star Trek Discovery because that <laughs> way I can get Tachi to review it and she doesn't have to join CBS All Access see, again. Here you go again, trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would be very happy. Look kindly upon us, Dark Overlord. Oh, God of heavens. (laughs) This is too too comical. I'm like, this is like an episode from SNL, I'm telling you. So, a couple of more things before we get to the rest of the show. DirecTV is maybe launching a YouTube-like channel. Like we need another channel like that but they are they're considering launching a youtube like channel that would display user generated photos and videos according to documents that they filed with the u.s patent and trademark office so they filed for this trademark and the channel would be called my view oh god i can't okay never mind my view and direct tv says my view would be an online social networking service and one of the trademarks uses would be for quote generated content in the form of user generated photos and videos delivered on a dedicated subscription based television channel what say you <laughs> what okay <laughs> i i say what the you can finish the rest of the what the uh for me out there <laughs> listeners um <laughs> wait so do they think there's really like are people clamoring to see video associated with patents and stuff i mean when i heard when you first the beginning of the story i was thinking take down the juggernaut because there what i don't understand is youtube is ripe for the picking they have mm-hmm. alienated so many of the people that uh, generate their content, their biggest stars, the the people that bring that you know that fill the seats essentially, the the, the eyes that bring the eyes in, and um, they've they've been cutting how much they give, and they've been they've been uh, adding all these other rules. We're like, oh, you know what? In the background of your video, there's a snippet of a commercial for Wonder Woman, and you don't have the rights for that. Therefore, even though you've gotten eight million views, we're paying you nothing. They're pulling all kinds of crap like that, and really pissing off uh the people that are creating the content creators and so i thought you were going to say that um direct tv was going to create basically a rival come to us we will pay you more we will not you know what we're going to go by the not be a dick model and we're (laughs) 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 and we're not going to screw you over and not give you a kiss like youtube likes to do so come over to us that to me is wow kevin Wow, Kevin. (laughs) I just, I just, it just filtered into my head. But no, it is ripe for the picking. But you have to understand, DirecTV and a lot of these traditional cable systems and and communication companies think with an antiquated model. They're still using the uh, print ad model in terms of generating revenue. I'm not said uh, not that I'm saying that anything is is better or different or that there's another alternative, but they haven't even bothered to look. They just do what works. And so they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll do the I I don't think that they're that forward thinking that they can think on the level of, "Ooh, let's do this uh this competitor to YouTube and we're also going to do this, 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 and this. They just see maybe there's money to be made. And so they go after it. They chase this rabbit down the hole. I don't think they're that innovative to be able to do that. All right, DirecTV, you know what? I'm going to be working um, at HBO soon, so I can't work full-time for you. But I am available for maybe a consulting, uh, on a consulting basis. So contact my reps and we will talk. Let me know when they call you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) so moving on from direct tv to a channel that i think is correct carried by direct tv disney the that's so raven spinoff which i give near two dams about (laughs) i'm gonna talk really quickly about it wait you know what that's so raven that's so uncompelling but go ahead let's talk about it (laughs) It is. is. I'm really not compelled. So the fact that, you know, she's gone from the view and we talked about the fact before that Disney was in development of this. So there's a little more that's out there now. So it's a spinoff that's going to star Raven Simone as a divorced single mom. Mm, Boring. Anyway, so she it's going to be called um, Raven's Home. 
So I don't know if it means like Raven's home or Raven's home, like Raven's house. <laughs> Ra- like Raven's Rum's house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. So it's going to follow Raven, played by Raven Simone, of course, and Chelsea Annalise Vanderpool, who is um, reprising her role. Oh, okay. And they're now divorced single mothers raising two separate families in one chaotic but fun household full of friends. When one of Raven's kids begins to show signs that they have inherited her trait of catching glimpses of the future... The already hectic household gets turned upside down, keeping even Raven on her toes. But but won't won't couldn't she just use her own powers to foresee that her that her son's gonna foresee something and then nip it all in the butt? But I guess that wouldn't be a show if she <laughs> if she was. <laughs> then the show would cease to exist. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm glad Raven's home because Raven being home means she is no longer on the View. If nothing, uh, thank you, thank you, Disney, for luring her away from that. That was a train wreck. I, who whoever was stupid enough to think that that woman had anything to contribute other than utter insanity uh to any kind of panel discussion yeah i hope you are i hope you are super unemployed i don't understand why aluminum cans on the side of the road i don't understand why these people have jobs i look again i think of people that i know that are 17 to 25 more times 100 times more qualified to do these things and they'll do it well yet you have these I don't know who, whoever you pick off the street, Susie and, and, and Brad Bobo off the street and they've run these show. I'm like, was this a good idea? But anyway, they had Isaac Brown from blackish and Navia Robinson from being Mary Jane play, uh, Raven's 11 year old twins. So, okay. Th- they're trying to make sure this is a, su- a success by pulling people that already have a little bit of success, hoping that we'll get those audiences. Come on. Blackish. That was a signature power move. Well, the 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 I'm I'm sure the show will have some success. I mean, people uh uh people that grew up watching that so Raven, well, uh, the idea was they'll bring their kids, and the focus will not be on on Raven. The focus will be on her child that now has the exact same power, and uh-huh. and so she'll you know so the idea that she and her friend um it, to me would have been would have would would have been interesting is if they would have made an adult focus show with her grown up and doing it. But the show it's going to be. A disney channel show for kids so to me you know the question is if kids will find that interesting and they'll find it just as interesting as their parents found that exactly and and this is where it's it's hit or miss everybody's looking at the success of fuller house and you know which managed to draw what but that's a family drama you know or not a family comedy rather so you know everybody's watching it yeah that's that's the difference are you are they going to try to make a kid show are they going to try and make more of a family show uh that's for the whole family to gather around so i guess time will tell if it's uh i'd be shocked if raven simone as insane as she is if she signed up just to play the generic parent on a disney channel sitcom because generic parents basically are at the beginning of the episode going like what are you up to today scooter and then they say nothing <laughs> till the very end like how was your day <laughs> so if she basically exactly. came on to do nothing but that then that was incredibly stupid but again the woman is not bright no no but she's smart enough to i mean she has a multi-million dollar media empire so i'll shut up so, yeah, but you know what? I think we've learned. I think we've learned very recently that you don't have to be smart to do a lot of things. No, no. So I'm just gonna wrap this up before we get to our thing, to our review. Um, Amazon is planning a Monica Lewinsky drama. They've nabbed the rights to Linda and Monica, which was a um, a script detailing the re- relationship between Monica Lewinsky and Linda Tripp during the Clinton administration. Who cares? <laughs> wow it'll be interesting to see if uh if that can get an audience is is there anybody big in it that we're going to be like oh we have to watch it for that person i think it's still too early in development to know exactly who they have the right so they're still in the very early stages of development i'm just surprised you know again what all this is the success of the oj film i bet you that's what's driving this 
Yeah, I the nostalgia it, factor. But uh, to me, would be I, I'm not going to deny it would be an interesting movie or even a mini series where it's just like over two nights, maybe three nights max. Mm-hmm. But the idea of trying to like milk this into a show, uh, a weekly series for God knows how many, like you know, ten to twelve to thirteen episodes, and and multiple seasons, just to me, I you know, and I'll be willing to come back here if we're talking about this a, a year and a half from now about the shocking success of this, then I will. I I will be happy to eat crow. Well, no, I envision it being something the same way um, the the OJ movie was. It was over four. Was it over four episodes or six? I, no, I the, oh, no that, that was it. Was a whole season. It was like I think it was, it was a whole at least season, like ten okay. episodes. But that was a whole trial. That's a trial. I could see you could right. basically you had a lot of uh, of characters in that, and you could sus- you could sustain drama for uh, for I'd say you know ten to, to thirteen episodes. That's a story. But the idea that focusing on Linda Tripp and uh, Monica Lewinsky and their quote unquote friendship. Um, would, would, one thing I will say, which is off topic, um, in one way, I believe that Linda Tripp was a friend because when she told her to save that dress and do not take it to the laundromat, that she changed the course of history with that just do save that dress change the course of history because they they were uh clinton's people they were going to go in on her and she's just some crazy fan of uh some overweight fan of his that he never touched her um you know what she had tachi say it with me she had receipts receipts (laughs) receipts Wow. Well, that's about it for our news. The only other thing is that yesterday was the Apple event, the Worldwide Developers Conference. You know that. And they're finally going to have Amazon, the Amazon app on Apple TV. So their stalemate is over, apparently. Yes. Oh, my God. They waved the white flag. So I am so glad. I think anybody who is uses Apple TV, it's been a glaring omission. And it's just been it's been a stupid, like, you know, pissing match uh, on both both sides not to basically make peace and make this happen it's in both of their vested interests so i'm glad they finally grew up and made it happen all right and let's make our review happen go ahead kevin all right this week we are reviewing uh the handmaiden's tale uh it's a hulu series based on the 1985 novel of the same name by uh margaret atwood and one thing i want to say is what we always do on our show is we watch at least two episodes of every show we review and this week is no different so uh, the handmaiden's uh tale let me tell you a little bit about it the main character of the handmaiden's tale is offred offred is a handmaid assigned to the home of gilladean commander fred uh waterford and it, uh, his religious wife serena joy and as such is subject to str- the strictest rules and constant surveillance any improper word or deed on her part can lead to her execution Alfred, who is named after her male master like all the handmaids can remember the time before when she was married with a daughter and had her own name and identity but all she can uh, safely do now is follow the rules of the Gilead in the hope that she can someday live free and reunite with her daughter. So, Tachi, what did you think of The Handmaid's Tale? I've seen the film, The Handmaid's Tale, from, it was, the, was it the 90s? So I saw it, not when it came out, but like around that same time. And I was a little bit horrified. <laughs> so I was not looking forward to watching this because I there were just some scenes that were like, mm-mm-mm. I don't know if I want to watch this. But it actually is very telling of this post-apocalyptic world (laughs) that we're living in now. And it takes a while to really catch on to, you know, especially if you have not seen, you know, the initial the, the initial movie it takes a while to catch on to what's going on here why is this the case and why don't they just leave if there's so so it starts to build this case over time of what's happened and why they're in this particular uh, commune slash religious uh, cult thing 
and how they that came to be. So I think, again, cinematography, top notch. You can't not have good cinematography in this day and age. Great sound. I think the characters are extremely compelling. And I noticed that, uh, what is her name from Orange is the New Black? I can't remember the actress's name. I don't but either. She plays, she played Poussey in Orange is the New Black. I have to go back and look uh, for her name. So I was like, hey, okay. Um, so she's she was playing, she's in that. And then you just don't have, what I like is that you don't get caught up in Samira Willie is her name Samira yes, Willie. Samira Will- oh, yes, Samira Willie. Yes, it. yes, yes, yes. That, I was trying to remember. Yes, yes. So she, wonderful job. The actors do such a great job, and you get caught up in this world of like, I need to help you escape. What do you need me to do? I'll get you a car. So you you really feel you get drawn into the character's world, and yeah. So what do you think? Well, first of all, uh, Elizabeth Moss far as i'm concerned that that woman can do no wrong she is um you know she's in that i think i feel like she's in that meryl streep category of actress for me um as far as in she's so committed and i buy into whoever she's playing i instantly got sucked into this and what i love about this i didn't see the movie uh i don't remember it i i might have but i really don't remember um and i definitely didn't read the book but um, what I love about this series, and I don't know if it's true uh, of the book as well, is that this isn't they're they're not living in a world where it's always been this way for everybody who's alive. They have memories of there's a scene where um uh Alfred is walking with uh because they all have to go in pairs because it's all designed for them to spawn each other. All the handmaids you they can never be alone. So they're always they they walk down the street in pairs, they have to go do errands and shopping and stuff like that. And so as they're walking they they're standing, they're looking at a shop that has the the kind of uniform that the handmaids have to always wear where they have these like uh like these these kind of head these wings that they they call them wings these like bonnets they have to wear and they're standing there looking in the window and one of them says that you know what this used to be an incredible ice cream shop and so they have memories of what their lives were before and um, we so far in the first couple episodes are getting glimpses and flashbacks of right before the end of what we know the world to be um as as uh, because there's uh, one thing we need to mention that's kind of gotten things to, uh, the way they are is there's been some kind of uh, it's I, I don't know if you can actually call it a plague but there is a worldwide uh, infertility crisis and so what the whole handmaiden's tale is about is basically they're rounding up women the women that are actually fertile can they can still actually have children and they're basically forcing them into slavery and they uh, and they are raped by their very wealthy wealthy men and that's how the society works that very wealthy people get assigned uh, uh, women to bear their offspring and the mo- one of the most disturbing scenes to me is the first time we see what they call the ceremony um where the handmaid is uh the the master of the house attempts to impregnate and it's very formal how they do it and it's very matter of fact and it's very disturbing the the coldness w- with which everything takes place and it's basically she's being raped and but it's the way they engineer like the wife actually holds her down as it's happening and other staff members are like there during it it's very very bizarre and very disturbing it's extremely disturbing i'm like ugh. and one i don't want to watch it. <laughs> now the funny thing is you know what i was not looking forward to watching it and i uh, to be to, to be fair i'll say i said that we needed to review this because i i feel like it's important people have asked like you know why haven't you guys reviewed this show and i wasn't looking forward to watching it either because i knew it was going to be a rough go but it's 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 excellent it's done it's excellently done you're right the cinematography is it is a gorgeous looking show and you're right at this in 2017 you can't you can't be a mediocre looking show if you want to be you know have your possibility of having your name mentioned on emmy night you gotta look good and the show looks good it's incredibly well acted and well cast um what's what i think is going to keep me going is uh one of uh i think the very last line of episode one which I probably shouldn't it's it's not a huge spoiler but I'm going to say it when when Elizabeth Moss's character Alfred d- 
basically after she's been through a lot what's going to keep her going and she says nothing can change uh it's it all has to look the same because she knows she's being watched because uh, i intend to survive for her her name is hannah uh, her daughter uh my husband's name was luke my name is june we have never heard what her name is through the whole episode and so the idea that she's trying to hold on to her identity and she's trying to hold on to her sanity and we see other characters and what they go through and they don't fare as well as her and um she has her eyes on a prize she she had a life before she had a husband and she had a daughter um and she is going to try to get back to her daughter and she has to survive she can't just kill herself to escape this horrible world that she's stuck in and uh, obviously this show has a completely different we're going to watch it with completely different eyes after this last election i think a lot of us in the country are and that's what makes the show even more disturbing because a lot of us are feeling like we're living in a world where anything, anything is possible if what happened happened. Um, who knows what kind well, of person. It's very disturbing because it's very real. When you look at the attitude towards women. Exactly. Passed down from the highest office in the land. It very much mirrors what's happening in The Handmaiden's Tale. And so the fact is before we're like, oh, this is fiction. Yeah, not really. Not really. Yeah, so, it's, it's the whole idea of watching a, a television show about a dystopian near future. I so a lot. Some people feel like we're living in a, a dystopian present. So it's, it, it doesn't it feel that far removed. It is. This is not the future. And it's, you know, we can, you can laugh and look at these. But then I was like, you know, especially when it came to certain things, you know, at first you feel a little removed from it because it seemed, you know, it's in modern days. But because there are cars, etc. But, you know, you see them dressed in pilgrim wear and you're like, OK, until you start to see and hear the issues and then you start to hear and see the way the women are treated. And so it starts to become very real. It's like, OK, this is like for real, for real. <laughs> this could yeah, like... no, it, it's because it, the show takes place and it, uh, it's described as a, a dystopian near future. And <laughs> um, so um, I, I love the way it's unfolding when we see like a flashback of when she was going to the hospital to have her child. Her child is eight in the series. So we go back eight years and before everything completely changed where the how different the world was already looking because of the uh, fertility crisis. And um, it's... It's very, it's a very disturbing show, but there is definitely, that's why I said the the last line, there is hope. I feel like as long as, uh, Alfred has hope and, and a, as this, this burning desire to get to her daughter, to find her daughter, uh, where she, where her daughter was taken to, where, cause she has no idea where she's been taken, but she knows she's out there and she's alive. Um, that's going to propel me through this series. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, you know, I always have to m watch more than what's required. I actually uh, watched four, ap four episodes, partially because I'm trying to hurry up and watch what I need to watch on Hulu while I can. <laughs> You're under the gun. I'm luxuriating. I can watch one episode this week, two episodes a month from now. But yes, Tachi has a free trial and she's burning daylight. So if you're going to watch it, you got to watch it all and watch it fast. That's right. And if you all have suggestions for what we need to review and it's on Hulu, you better hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> you better Never hurry up. Ever hold your peace. Exactly. <laughs> Get it while I have it. <laughs> All right, Tachi, do you have anything else to say about the show? No, no, I am going to continue watching. I'm interested. Wait a, no, how dare you? Wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, Tachi. So. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to keep watching The Handmaiden's Tale or are you going to change the channel? I think I'm going to continue watching. It is well done. There are disturbing parts to it, uh, which you can close your eyes to or, or whatever, but it's, it, it's something that is not so far-fetched, and I think it's important to know how things can get out of control when they're allowed to. And I think that's the tale that comes. From oh yes. How it can spin out of control very quickly. And again, if you don't even need to watch the handmaid's tale to know that you can just look and turn on CNN and you'll see exactly how things can spin out of control. But, um, yes, yes. I am going to continue watching the handmaid's tale because yeah, it, it is a bit of a, a, a slap slash bucket of ice water in the face, uh, brick in the head. Like, okay, people, you need to wait, wait, you need to be woke. 
Not just wake up. You need not just yes. wake up. You need to be woke because Stay woke. we are teetering. It can go a variety of ways. So we all have to wake up, and that's what I feel like the the core message of the show is that, and also hope that under the most dire um circumstances that a human being can be put there is that whole in- indomitable spirit kind of thing and also uh, at the core there's a mother's love kind of thing and that the strength that comes from that uh is very compelling and elizabeth moss again if oh my god if you could hear this you are everything do you hear me you're everything and you know this is coming from an HBO executive, so this means a lot. You know what? Let's humor Kevin and let him think that. Yes, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tachi. Where can people listen to our show? You've got several ways to listen to us, so you have no excuse. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and if you go to Podbean or actually go to TVChanneling.com, which points to Podbean, you'll be able to find us there. And you can always just type in TV Channeling on any of these platforms. And if they wanted to contact us, dear Kevin, how could they do that? We are all over social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Snapchat. We are on Facebook. And we are on my personal favorite, Twitter. And everywhere we are called TV channeling. We want to hear from you, like Tachi said, especially when it comes to Hulu. If there are any shows <laughs> that you would like us to review or talk about, uh, let us know. If there are any news stories, uh, you know, in entertainment news that you want us to talk about that we haven't talked about and you want to hear our take, I know I want to hear Tachi's take on everything. And if you have something in particular you want to hear her take on, message us anywhere and we will get back to you fantastic and with that we're going to sign off and let you get back to what you were doing before you were listening to us but we appreciate you so i'll say goodbye from tachi and goodbye from kevin and remember if you're watching it we're talking about it cheers bye